Blog Talk Radio. This is a post time with Mike and Mike production. Quiglet, Jiglet, what a race! Always be Mickey on the outside. Always be Mickey. They're off and it is on. And betting line has taken the lead. Two, two, boom! You're tuned in to Harness Racing's fastest 90 minutes post-time with Mike and Mike, with co-host Mike Carter. Believe in the spirit? Do you believe in miracles? And Mike Bozen. Smoking Gun, Shaman Hall, production Smoking Gun is flying. Here comes Smoking Gun. I don't know! That just happened! That just happened! around the middle lane. What is your position here at the track? Well, Jess, I think I'm actually um, the jack of all trades, master of none. It might be the best description. Some beat somewhere, leads it by two. Artificial tips to the outside, trying to get to him. An eighth of a mile away, some beat somewhere under pressure. Artificial up to his wheel on the outside. Some beat somewhere, pull out. Artificial, a desperate lunge on the outside. Artificial, some beat somewhere at the line. Artificial, 147. I think Tim Tietrich should be nicknamed the Bionic Man. After all, he's got a ceramic hip. He has a titanium rod in his femur. He's been rebuilt by the doctors. And he must have superhuman strength because he drives all day and all night, all year, and does very well. The Bionic Man is the natural nickname for Tim. And he's watching us charging hard on the outside for Tietrich. He's watching. Folks, has to believe. Always be Mickey on the outside. Tell it like it is right there with him. He's watching. Wins the Meadowlands pace. Montreal Teague has kicked out the earplug. It's Wiggle and Jiggle who's digging in. Big effort from Wakazashi, head over hanging in there. Dude's the man. Sell the winner on the far outside. Wiggle and Jiggle it in front. Dude's the man and Wakazashi, head over. Wiggle it. Jiggle it. Team Teague wins the Meadowlands page. Welcome back to the paddock level, everyone. One of us is a movie star, and it's not me. We welcome Emilio Estevez to the Meadowlands this evening. 
Well, you just never know who you're going to run into at the racetrack. How about President Bill Clinton at the Meadowlands this evening? What brings you out, Bill? In second, Symphonic in over third, Muscle Hill throwing away with every stride. Operation Hamiltonian complete. It's been a long day without you, my friend, and I'll tell you all about it when I see you again. We've come a long way. From where we began, oh, I'll tell you all about So they come to the top of the stretch. It's always be Mickey in front, and he eases away to a two-length lead. Shambhala's tip to the outside in second. All bends off, racing in third. Always be Mickey is full out. Shambhala trying to track him down on the outside. All bends off on the far outside. Always be Mickey pacing home strongly. Shambhala second. Always be Mickey is heading down to the line. Always be Mickey in front. A fundamental concern for others in our individual and community lives would go a long way in making the world the better place we so passionately dreamt of. You've got Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America, Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich. And it was one year ago today, uh, about maybe an hour or so ago, when we received the phone call that we had lost our friend, uh, somebody who had a general concern for other people, Mike. And uh, I'll tell you what, uh, his his passion and legacy lives on each and every day. Yeah, it certainly does. Uh, It's a phone call that you never want to get. You know, we knew Sam was battling. Of course, he had the stroke. Uh, a couple of weeks prior, three weeks prior, and, uh, you know, it seemed like he was battling back. But, uh, you know, I'll tell you something about Sam. And this, I think, this quote wraps Sam up in a nutshell. Uh, working on our newsletter a little bit last night, and, of course, it's going to be uh, dedicated pretty much to uh, Sam McKee on one-year anniversary of his passing. But... When Sam, when we were interviewing Sam, when he accepted the race call of the year for that 146 mile and always be Mickey, and I was going back through the audio, and you asked him about that race call, <laughs> Sam's response was, well, it didn't take too long. It was only one minute and 46 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> and if that doesn't wrap up Sam's uh, humility in a nutshell, I don't know what does. If that statement doesn't tell you right there exactly what kind of guy Sam was, I don't know what does. A very (laughs) humble guy, a guy that was just so thankful to be in a position to call the races and to be, uh, you know, to be the voice of so many magical moments in this sport. And Mike, there's still this inner conflict within me. The Muscle Hill Operation Hamiltonian complete call or the artificial Sunbeat Somewhere call. Those are my two favorites, actually. The Always Be Mickey 146, I know that that's, you know, one of the favorites as well. But, you know, I think those other two calls, the the ones I previously mentioned, are his two best. And I have to tell you, 
I love the artificial call. And he did too. And I know he did too because Sam McKee's a Michigander. <laughs> that's listen, that's the truth. And you know, Sam just had that fun loving personality. I went through uh my text messages uh the uh, yesterday as I was kind of writing up my piece for the Post Times newsletter, uh which by the way comes out tonight, uh Mike. And I, I still have the last conversation that I had with him and kind of like what you just said, you know, he asked me he was calling at Northfield and I asked him if he was watching and he said, No, but I heard you uh when I was out shaking hands and kissing babies. That's just <laughs> The kind of guy he was, and uh, listen, we I I said it uh, when I was in Florida, and I'll say it again: not receiving that phone call uh, from him after winning the Breakthrough Award, um, it it wasn't easy. Uh, I remember talking to Gabe Pruitt briefly, and he said, you know, there's one person who would have called you before me, and uh, that would have been Sam. And Sam, I, I I miss you every day, buddy. Uh, it's uh, it doesn't get any easier, that's for sure. And you know, pulling up that tribute this morning, I listened to it before the show, and it just it it wasn't easy to keep myself together, that's for sure. Yeah, and I'm gonna also tip another thing too uh, for the uh, newsletter coming up tonight. And yeah, obviously you want to make sure that you stay tuned on our social media pages, Facebook and Twitter, because as, uh, as soon as we get it out, of course, we'll let everybody know. And of course, you could get on our mailing list too, Mike at Post Time with Mike at Mike.com. But Dave Brower, we, we asked a couple of people and got a couple of people to write a couple of things about Sam, some of the people that were closest to Sam. Um, and Dave Brower, good friend Dave Brower. I think, you know, said something perfectly. I don't want to, you know, tip his little article or write up whatever, but I do want to mention this, you know, in this business, a lot of times, and I guess in any business, there could be a lot of behind the scenes, uh, cutthroat things happening. Okay. Very rarely in harness racing, especially do you get, do you see everybody have positive thoughts about a person. I mean, overwhelmingly, unanimously, there's not very many people that you can say that get universal praise from their peers. Sam is one of those guys. As a matter of fact, Dave Brown went as far as to say Sam is the one guy <laughs> that he knows that everybody has had universal praise for. And that is that's darn near impossible to do. It's darn near impossible to do. That's the type of guy Sam was, and that's the type of guy that that uh, we're going to remember him as. Yeah, definitely. I got to uh, sit down with uh, with his family uh, some this year. And Mike, I, I, I got to tell you, what a great group of people. And, and I can see him, like I can see him in all of them, uh, his wife, his kids, everybody. Yep. And it's just it's so amazing and so refreshing. I got to hang out with um, Lindsay this year. Excuse me, Melissa this year. I got to hang out with her. I got to hang out with Christine. I got to hang out with all of his girls at the uh, Little Brown Jug for a few minutes. And it was so nice to be able to sit down and kind of talk with them. And uh, you know, it, it just they they have such a positive attitude, and that's something I won't soon forget. That's for sure. Well, you know what? It was like that day, and and even when everybody found out about. Uh, this, you know, when he had the stroke, it was just like a bomb dropped. I mean, it was literally like a drum, uh, a bomb dropped. You know, I, I know everybody that I talked to was just at such a loss for words. It was, it was unbelievable. Um, but uh, you know what? Listen, one year after, 
um, we we got to look back on his life. I mean, Sam left this uh, nice big body of work that we can enjoy. And and uh, I'll tell you what, I go back and listen to his calls often. I know you do too, Mike. He had so many great calls, so many great moments, so many great interviews. We had him on this show a couple of times. Always just a a top notch guy. And uh, I'll tell you what, the headline of our newsletter tonight is. Uh, legends never die. And I'll tell you what, Sam lives on. There's no two ways about that. All right, well, I'll tell you what, let's get going with the program. Sam would want the show to go on, so let's get her done, my friend. We've got a very good program on tap for you today. Driver Chris Page, well, I'll tell you what, he has been turning a lot of heads, uh, especially as of late. Chris Page has been getting it done. He's making his post-time with Mike and Mike debut. Surprisingly, as successful as Chris has been, that he's making his post-time with Mike and Mike debut, but we're going to get to him in just a moment. How about Scott Robinson? Boy, did Scott make some headlines at the Damn Patch <laughs> Awards, Mike. And we're going to talk to Scott towards the top of the hour, plus Janine Gessick from Pacing for the Cure. They've got a big event coming up at the Meadowlands. We're going to learn more about that in just a moment. And our good friend Matt Rose is back. You know, when we have Matt Rose on this program, it usually means that the Levy's not too far behind. Yeah, the Levy is uh, coming up uh, next week, and boy, do we have a big announcement! Uh, well, you know what? Let's save that for uh, let's save that for uh, during the Matt Rose interview. Maybe we'll bring it up, and uh, we've got some great things coming up as far as the Levy goes. But Mike, what an exciting uh, pacing series this is! Uh, we've seen the great foiled again win it multiple times, and uh, I can't wait to see what comes up this year. Yeah, it's going to be a great, great series. Already uh, some commitments. It's going to be a fan. It always is a fantastic series, and it always means that it's the start of spring, in my opinion. So when the Levy comes around, that's when you could really start to get excited about Grand Circuit events. And I'll tell you what, things have gone very, very well for uh, Yonkers Raceway. Their handles are doing well. How is the passing lane uh, or the uh, lack of passing lane going to affect the uh, blue chip matchmaker in the George Martin Levy series. We'll uh, have to check with Matt Rose on that. It's Chris Page on the backside of this timeout. You've got post time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. At Bet America, we don't do promotions only for new players. As a regular player at BetAmerica.com, you can take advantage of several promotions each week. Go to BetAmerica.com slash extra and visit our promotions calendar and find out how you can get double wager reward points on our featured tracks. It's just another reason why it's time to play the Bet America way. Over the past 25 years, Hoosier Park has revolutionized harness racing across the nation. The action returns Friday, March 30th, with racing every Tuesday through Saturday, starting at 6.30 p.m. Join the revolution at Hoosier Park Racing and Casino. Visit HoosierPark.com for more information. New Vocations Resource Adoption Program. Retrain. Rehab. Rehome. New Vocations focuses on adoption as the optimal solution for the large numbers of horses that leave the track each year. The program provides rehabilitation and transitional training to prepare the horses for a productive life beyond racing. Each horse is evaluated for temperament, soundness, and suitability to help ensure a successful adoptive match. New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program, celebrating 25 years and over 6,000 horses placed. Learn more at newvocations.com. 
Org. Have you checked out the new Meadowlands Racing and Entertainment? The Meadowlands features world-class harness racing every Friday and Saturday night beginning at 635. You can dine in pink, a restaurant that combines tiered dining with amazing views of the racing from every seat in the house. After the races, stop by Victory Sports Bar and Club, where you can bring the action and vitality of all your favorite live sporting events to an upscale place. Victory boasts 40 HD TVs, including 11 big screens for your viewing pleasure. For more information on live racing or to book your reservation, call 201-THE-BIG-M or visit PlayMetalands.com. We're back on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich, and we're joined now by driver Chris Page. Chris, what's going on, my friend? Not much, guys. Thanks for having me. Well, Chris, you're coming up on $30 million in earnings, and what a year you had in 2017, and we'll kind of get to that in a second. But uh, kind of tell us uh, how you got into the sport of harness racing and uh, what uh, what got you into driving. Uh, it was, uh, my, my uncle was a hobby horseman and, uh, had some brood mares and, uh, I kind of was hanging out with him on the farm and, uh, kind of trained a few horses with him. And then I, uh, actually went to school at Ohio state and majored in equine science and, uh, started working for a veterinarian out of Lancaster, Ohio named Dr. David Crum. And we'd go to the track every day and, work on horses and I got to meet the trainers and kind of be around a little bit more of the racing side of it. And, uh, it just kind of sparked my interest. Chris, Mike Bozich here. What are some of this equine science? That's pretty interesting. What are some of the things that we learned taking a course and, uh, taking uh, going to school for equine science? You know, just like the anatomy of the horse, um, just stuff like that. Uh, unfortunately I did not graduate, um, you know, uh, I took, I took right off with the horses. I got the, I got the bug and, uh, I, I started thinking, you know, I'm spending a lot of money here on tuition every year. Let's see if I can't make a little money in the meantime. And, and, uh, things just took off for me. Now, Chris, you're coming off of a very big year in 2017, but leading up to 2017, you've had some uh, pretty big seasons. But last year, you got to drive a horse by the name of Down by the Seaside uh, in his last couple of starts on his way to Pacer of the Year. What what did it mean to kind of get aboard Down by the Seaside and be trusted uh, with a big stakes caliber horse? Yeah, that's the whole thing. The guys entrusted me to drive the horse, so... uh... Obviously, you know, I, I was doing something right for him to let me drive a horse of that caliber. Uh, you know, I was fortunate enough to drive the horses as a two-year-old uh, in the standard bred here at Delaware and then uh, qualified them uh, twice or, yeah, twice at Miami Valley and then uh, drove in the first leg of the Pennsylvania Sire Stakes his three-year-old year. And then uh, later on in the year, I got the call. It was, it's like I said, it's a privilege and uh it's the best three-year-old pacer I've ever drove, obviously. And uh, I definitely want to thank the Connections for, you know, the opportunity to drive a horse like that. 
driver Chris Page joining us on the program here on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by our good friends at Bet America. Chris, now you've been bouncing around, obviously, with the expanded gaming in Ohio. You've uh, you've driven over the Miami Valley circuit, the the uh, the surface, the Dayton surface, Northfield Park, Scioto Downs. You've got three five eighths of a mile racetracks and and uh, one half mile there in Northfield Park. How different is it? driving at Northfield Park than it is the the bigger racetracks in the state of Ohio? Um, not not a whole lot. Scioto and Northfield are kind of the same because they got passing lanes. Um, you know, obviously anybody that's watched the race in here in Ohio over the last few years, it's, uh, it's action-packed, a lot of movement. Um, uh, it took a little bit to get used to, obviously, for me, just because, you know, I'm a little more on the patient side. So it, uh, you know, you had to. I had to evolve my game a little bit and change my driving strategy. But, uh, you know, um, you know, racing surface or racing surface. We got good track crews here in Ohio. The the tracks are good, and uh, we got good horses. So it's 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 enjoyable. I mean, I get the best of both worlds. Uh, a few days of the week, I'm down in the southern part of the state, and then one day a week on Mondays, I go to Northfield and drive up there. So I get to kind of see all the guys and uh, all the trainers and drive whole bunch of different type of horses so it's it uh it keeps it keeps life interesting now chris uh obviously uh, you've been driving a lot in ohio you drive a lot for the burke brigade uh more specifically on monday and uh, i know he sends a lot of stakes caliber horses out here which is uh, a good thing for you when it comes to stakes time at miami valley and Scioto and dayton but uh what does the future hold for chris page are you going to stay as, as an ohio guy or are you going to try to maybe move up the ranks a little bit um you know, I honestly think this is just my opinion. Uh, I think Ohio is as good as any other state as far as the money goes. The caliber of horses will definitely be here. I mean, you see it in the Colt sales. The sales are up. Uh, I just recently uh, purchased a house in Delaware, Ohio. Um, I've done that traveling thing, you know, for a few years, and it just kind of got old. I felt like a gypsy, you know, you just want a place where you can kind of lay your roots. I'm from Ohio. My family's here. Um, also I recently got engaged. So I got a, a you know, behind every good man's a, a great woman. So oh, yeah. I think I got that. So I think I'm just going to stay right here. All right. One final question, Chris, before we let you go, that dream race, if there's one race that you want to win, what is it? Uh, very easy. Um, I've been coming, this is going to date me a little bit, but I've been coming to the Little Brown Jug and haven't missed one since 1994. And that was the year Magical Mike won. So, hands down, uh, no questions asked, the Little Brown Jug. Beautiful. Hey, and, 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 you know, hold on, hold on, Mike. I'm going to let you in real quick, but I do want to ask you you brought up the Little Brown Jug, you brought up that track at Delaware, Ohio, and I know you've driven over that surface. Now, that's got to be a different ball game as compared to something like Northfield Park, right? Yeah, um, I mean, the P, you know, Jug Day, it's just crazy, even Jug at Day. Jug Week is, I mean, the fans here, they just make everything a little more exciting. Uh, you know, some of the overnight purses aren't aren't as good as they are at the racetrack, but the racing's just, just absolutely great. And the horses get over this half-mile track uh, very, very effortlessly. I mean, it's the turns are banked and sloping. It's just, it's just a fun place to race. I think every – Every driver and trainer and everybody involved with the sport needs to race here at least once just to, just to see what I'm talking about. It's, it's great. 
Hey, hey, Chris, don't say it's dating you too much. I, I was born in uh, 88, so I'm not too far behind you there, my friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mike, do you want to tell them about the first experience we met, or do you want me oh, to? Uh, oh, no. <laughs> Listen, when Chris Page and I first met, uh, I was a security guard at Colonial <laughs> Downs, and he uh, he was a driver out there. And, Mike, when I we, we weren't the best of friends. Let's just put it that way. And uh, when I moved out here – and I had to do my first interview. I think it was I think it was at Ohio Sire Stakes or something. I can't even remember what it was, but I saw him at the winter circle and I went, Oh God, I hope he doesn't hate my guts because <laughs> that was a few years no, ago. We, that's not well, I mean Mike did he the boy Mike did have a nickname for the boys down there. They called him Barney. I don't know why, but when he got security <laughs> with that badge, we called him Barney. I don't know why they called him that, but I went along with it. Well, you know what, I'll tell you what, we're gonna have to we're we're gonna have to get to the bottom of this. Uh, this gonna have to be for a show for a later day. Might have to dedicate a whole show to to something like this. But uh, hey, listen, Chris, we certainly appreciate joining us. You know what? And now now that I said, I got one more question for you because it's a big brewing issue out east. And uh, now with the success of Yonkers Racer with their handles up, does it have anything to do with taking out the passing lane? We don't know. But what say you on the passing lane in or out? Uh, I like passing lanes, one hundred percent. I mean. Uh, it gives, you know, especially out here in Ohio, I mean, obviously there's, you know, they say a passing lane or without a passing lane, it creates more action in the races, but I mean, watch side of the downs. I mean, there's plenty of action, you know, it gives you a chance to, uh, uh, race your horse a little bit different. If, I mean, if you're able to sit in, you know, third with a passing lane, you get a, you, you still have a chance, you know, without, without a passing lane sitting third's almost a, a death sentence, you know, as far as winning the race. So I am for the passing lane, 100%. All right. Well, Chris, listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us, buddy. Best of luck in the future and a lot more wins to come your way, my friend, I'm sure. But... Thanks. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. All right, that was driver Chris Page, and I'll tell you what, Chris is certainly, uh, well, not only does he have a big future in this game, but he's got a big present in this game as well, as he just continues to knock down wins and rack up money. That's a name that you're going to be hearing very, very often uh, coming up in the days and weeks to come in the harness racing world. When we come back, Scott Robinson will be joining us, part owner of Lost in Time. He's up next on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Are you interested in learning more about owning standard bred racehorses? Do you want to experience the excitement of driving a standard bred? Owning a racehorse is a once-in-a-lifetime experience and not as difficult as you may think. The United States Trotting Association wants to help make your ownership dreams a reality. Contact a member of the Ownership Concierge team by email at owners at ustrotting.com or by calling 877-800-8782, extension 5555. Excitement. Keystone Velocity in 147 and 3. That's a new track record. Competitive racing and full fields equal big payoffs. Six roses at 35 to 1. Bang! Soon go the fireworks. Catch exciting live harness racing at Rosecroft Raceway. Two days a week, every Wednesday at 6.40 and Sunday at 4.40. Rosecroft has an industry low 12% takeout on the Pink Five. Rosecroft Raceway, we race. 12 championship races. The captain, not to be denied. 
one spectacular night. And Father Patrick got a coast home champion here. Breeders Crown 2018 coming to the Downs at Mohegan Sun Pocono. Searching up the rail, modern legend there. Four is again, dead game. Clear vision right on the outside. Pit Rock on the inside. Back on post time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Bozich, along with Mike Carter, plenty to come on this edition of post time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Our guy from Yonkers Raceway, Matt Rose, will be joining us on Inside Handicapping, plus Janine Gessick from Pacing for the Cure. They've got a big event coming up at the Meadowlands uh, coming up in just a couple of weeks, and we're going to hear more about it in just a few minutes. But first, it's our guy, Scott Robinson. Scott, the headline maker, Robinson, joins the program. What's up, buddy? Hey, guys. How's it going? Not too bad. Well, I'll tell you what. You made some headlines most recently at the Dan Patch Awards when uh, the nature boy Ric Flair uh, was – obviously, it was his birthday, and he presented Lost in Time uh, with that, the very prestigious award. And uh, it made some headlines, mostly positive, some negative. But uh, looking back on it, now that things have settled, obviously, I think most people can agree that having the nature boy involved in any capacity as our, in our sport is a great thing. Definitely. Definitely. Um, yeah, there were some negative comments, but, uh, I ignore them in all honesty because they are coming from in the industry. And my goal is to get our name out of the industry to gain new people. And that's what, you know, Ric Flair can bring to the table and I thought by gifting a piece of the horse, um, that would uh, be a possibility. And it it really has been. Uh, the media attention that we've gained is, you know, uh, unparalleled. I mean, uh, you know, he's got three million followers. Uh, people were calling me, asking me about it. And uh, so, it, in, you know, so that's uh, definitely a positive thing. That's you know, what I wanted. It's not for me. It's for the sport. I'm trying to gain people for the sport. I don't, you know, I don't need partners. I don't need, uh, uh, I don't need to be any bigger. I, I, I could, uh, but I want to, I want to make the sport bigger. I want to get us, I want to get us back on the map. That's well, you know, let me tell you something, Rick, and, and we've obviously gone through this and talked about this. How many, uh, good grief, how many followers does Rick have on Twitter? How many followers does Rick have on Facebook? I mean, Rick has been a staple in a lot of TVs, in a lot of homes for a long, long time. And, uh, you know, especially that younger demographic, that demographic that Harness Racing so yes. sorely needs, sorely, yes. sorely needs tell us how, how this came about how did uh, i mean what when did you get this idea to to kind of get rick flair involved well it was actually i was sitting uh on my couch uh watching the governor's cup and i uh was texting uh heather vital and i said you know my horse wins tonight he's going to be two year old of the year and i want rick flair to present my award because you know it might be the only chance i get it you know, for guys like me, 
it might be the only time I'm ever up on that stage. And I didn't want status quo. And no disrespect to the awards or how we do things, but, you know, I'm not a Jimmy Tactor. I'm not a Ron Burke. I'm not going to get, you know, six awards in a year, or I might not get any awards next year. So I wanted it to be something one-of-a-kind special. And I said, you know, I want Ric Flair to present my award. And everybody was like, yeah, good luck, you know, getting him to come down here and do this. And I'm like, well, if I'm allowed, you know, I'll make it happen. And um, I spoke with Oshawa and asked permission and, uh, you know, made sure it was okay. And they said it would be okay. And, um, you know, I took care of the rest. And, uh we got him to come down and uh you know it just so happened to be his birthday and the whole birthday gift thing was honestly um it was it was on a whim uh nobody knew um i thought about doing it um you know really about a couple of days before the event and um i talked to adam literally 10 minutes before we went up on stage and asked adam i said hey are you okay with this and Adam says, "Yeah, I mean, it's it's a great idea. Go for it." And uh, that's how it, that's how it all came about. Now, Scott, uh, one thing about having Ric Flair there, and I got to be down at those awards in Florida, um, and, and it was so cool because he walked by our table, and, and I stopped him. I said, "Hey, Rick, can, can I grab a photo?" And, and super nice guy. I, I you know, you Very. run into some stuff. You run into some stars, and you 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 have to worry about you know taking pictures or shaking hands or what have you. But I, I, one thing about Ric Flair and, and the the kind of thoughts that he brought to that Dan patch was he took pictures with just about, I think I started the, the, uh, the, Hey, can I grab a picture with you? Cause I stopped him and about 40 other people, I think stopped him after I did, but super nice guy. And, and the, the one thing about it, Scott is, you know, when we can get a star like this into, you know, the Dan patch awards or any of the harness racing events, I think uh, it kind of plays to uh, kind of plays to a different level. I mean, we had Martin Truex at the Hamiltonian a few years back and people absolutely love the idea. Yeah. And Rick truly was genuine, uh, you know, sitting there, you know, he was very inquisitive. He, he was wanting to, you know, he asked me a lot of questions, uh, even before I gifted him the horse. And then, you know, uh, he was very uh, interested and you could just tell. And I got that feeling of, you know, um, you know, let's be honest, he's an adrenaline junkie. And uh, I made the comment to exciting and gets that adrenaline pumping when you're walking down that aisle and 60,000 people are chanting your name. But let's wait until, you know, your horse is coming around, you know, at the three-quarter pole going for a million dollars. Let's see how much, you know, adrenaline you have then. And his eyes lit up because, could you know, he could relate. And, you know, he started to feel that you know, uh, sense of adrenaline and that sense of, uh, competition. And that's what, you know, I'd like to bring to, you know, the public, you know, and I can scream till I'm blue in the face, how great harness racing is. And it really doesn't make a hill of beans, but when Ric Flair says it, or if Ric Flair experiences it, that's a whole different story. And that's what I'm going to do. I'm going, you know, I want 
him to have a very positive experience. I think he's going to have a very positive experience. I know he is going to have. He wants to sit behind his horse because I told him, I said, I could gift you the best thoroughbred in the world. You're never going to touch it. You're never going to ride it. But if you want to go you know, sit behind Lost in Time two days before he goes for a million dollars, meet me at Tactors, and we'll take him out for a spin. He was amazed. He was shocked. He didn't know that was possible. But now he does. And now, and that's not, you, now he's excited. You know what? And I'll tell you what, Scott, that's something I think that harness racing, you know, is, is one of the greatest marketable aspects of the business is that you can be as hands-on as you want to be as an owner. You can get behind him. You could drive him. You could be there in the barn. You could do pretty much whatever the heck you want to where at Thoroughbreds, you're so very limited. And harness racing, obviously, is a, a lot more affordable in a lot of situations. Where do we go from here, Scott? I think we got our we got the foot in the door. I think it was a, a great idea, executed very very well got a lot of attention got a lot of mainstream media attention where do we go from here how do we build on this the ball's rolling and now we have to expand on it and that we have to do it very precisely and i'm working with uh rick's media team who also you know they manage a lot of other uh big name celebrities they do a lot of social media work. They uh, handle TV, and we have to change the culture. That's that's the bottom line. We have to change the culture. Why is it that I can spin through the television channel? I can see some guy making moonshine. I can see a guy rebuilding a car. I can see a guy rebuilding a treehouse, but I can't see harness racing. How am you can I? See, how you can, you can see ten different. You can see ten different channels of guys sitting around a poker table. <laughs> right, but I can't. But I can't see harness racing on public television. So tell me how. I'm, I'm asking you. Tell me how, as a just a plain Jane fan sitting out in good old America, am I supposed to find harness racing if I don't go to a track or don't have? Uh, HRTV or Dish Network. That's a problem, and we got to change that. And I want to change that. And I'm going to try to change that. Well, Scott, I got to tell you what, man. That's you know something I would love to see change. I'd love to see uh, more events on uh, on television. I mean, if we can get things like uh, curling and you know, and I I love dogs. There's nothing <laughs> against pets or anything like that. But if I can see like pet competitions out there, you know, we should be able to see harness racing. But Scott, real real quick, and I don't mean to jump topic on you, but real quick, let's. I wanted to ask yeah. you about Lost in Time uh, coming up on his uh, three year old season. Obviously, you guys have to be super excited uh, coming off that. Gun- Governor's Cup win uh, back in November at the Meadowlands. Uh, how's he training down, and uh, how's he look as he leads up towards uh, maybe the Pepsi North America Cup and the Meadowlands pace? He's uh, grown a little bit. He's filled out. Um, Jimmy says he's doing phenomenal. Um, right now, you know, everything's pretty much status quo. Uh, you know, not training any uh great speed so you know you're not going to hear me sell you hey we just trained him in 55 everything you know jimmy's just putting the miles into him but uh he's happy he's healthy and you know i got to give a lot of the credit to that in scott Zeron. you know he took very good care of him last year driving him um and we put him away you know sound and happy and healthy last year 
Um, and I think that'll go a long way this year. So I got to give him a lot of the credit. Jim Mullinex did a great job uh, conditioning him. Uh, his wife, Ellen, you know, took phenomenal care of him. Um, but a lot of times, you know, going for the big money, you know, you can, you can get into some speed duels, you can get into some trouble. And uh, it, it takes something out of a two-year-old. But uh, we feel like we haven't seen the bottom of him. And we and Scotty has told me, he said, I never really had to get after him, you know, and, you know, dig into him. So we're looking for big things from him this year. I think, he, you know, he should do some really big things. Well, Scott, listen, we appreciate you joining us here on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike.com. We appreciate, and, uh, you know, I told you this uh, off the air, I appreciate what you did for the sport of harness racing. I think that was just a huge, huge thing. I don't don't think it could be stated enough. And uh, it sounds like you've got the drive to keep this thing going, my friend, and it sounds like we haven't heard the last of Scott Robinson of the Nature Boy, Ric Flair, and uh, the attempts to get racing mainstreamed. No, thanks, guys. I really, really appreciate uh, you having me. And, uh, yeah, you'll hear from us again. Promise. <laughs> All right. Thanks, buddy. Bye-bye. Wow. I'll tell you what, Mike. Sometimes, what a great interview. Well, you know what? Listen, sometimes, you know, we're just sitting around. Okay? We're just sitting around. We're preparing for things, and we're preparing for our awards. Okay? And, and Dan Patch Awards. And all of a sudden, a big gift-wrapped present arrives at your door. And I think that's exactly what happened at the Dan Patch Awards. I think Ric Flair was a big gift-wrapped present given pretty much out of nowhere to the sport of harness racing. And it made a lot of waves. It, I mean, it made a lot of these pro wrestling, I guess they call them dirt sheets is what they call them, but a lot of the pro wrestling websites, okay, that that just get tons and tons and tons and tons and tons of hits from the demographic that we're after, okay? And now it sounds like we've got a guy here with Scott Robinson that wants to continue to build on what he started that Sunday night. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's just it's amazing um, what, he was, uh, what he was able to do by bringing Ric Flair in. And if you want a, just a snippet of uh, what Ric Flair, I think he did for the sport of harness racing. I'm, I'm looking for it now. He, he tweeted out pictures of himself at the Rose and Shingle Creek. They were on his Facebook page. The, the amount of comments that he had, the amount of, um, excuse me, the amount of retweets. And here it is. I'm, I'm looking at it now. 277 likes, 42 retweets on just, that's just on Twitter. Okay. Imagine a guy with, um, as many followers as Ric Flair does, 277 likes on 941,000 followers. Just imagine how many impressions that one post got for the sport of harness racing. It's unprecedented. Bigger picture. Now let's look at the bigger picture. What happens when Ric Flair sits behind lost in time? What happens when he jogs lost in time? Okay. That would be amazing. <laughs> what what, happen, what happens when he goes to an actual racetrack to watch uh, lost in time compete in a stakes race? Okay. What happens when Ric Flair brings his friends along and they invest in the sport? What happens when more celebrities see this and get in? I'm telling you, it's priceless. It's priceless what this could snowball into. But harness well, racing – 
has to keep it going, Mike. We have to. We, we, this is not something that we could sit here and talk about, and then it just fades away. How cool would it be? And, and I'm giving a little bit away. Um, you know, with our we haven't released our live remote schedule yet, but how cool would it be to have Ric Flair come to our table at the North America Cup or the Meadowlands Pace and sit down and give us an interview before Lost in Time goes out and races? How freaking cool would that be? If and and I know I could talk to Scott Robinson tomorrow and say, listen, man, if he's going to be there, you know, maybe you should bring him over to the table. Let's do an interview with him because I tell you what, Rick would sit down and do it in a heartbeat. And uh, I'll tell so, you how cool would that be to have Ric Flair come over and do an interview with us about his horse, Lost in Time. Sometimes you're just sitting there and that gift comes on your doorstep, appears on your doorstep, and I think that gift appeared on Harness Racing's doorstep. Let's see what we can do with it. Plenty left to come on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. We're going to hear from Janine Gessick. We've got our guy Matt Rose on Inside Handicapping, plus lots more. I think we've got a couple of uh, things we want to talk about, Mike. We've got a big announcement that we're going to make here in just a few minutes, plus another very <clears throat> interesting article that maybe we'll talk to Matt about is uh is been making its rounds on Facebook and we'll talk about that on the other side of this timeout. It's post hey, time hey, with Mike. Mike and Mike. Yes, sir. R- real quick before we go to commercial, how's your uh, how's your new computer working out for you? <laughs> <laughs> I've only had to download ten browsers to get on. We'll be right back on post time with Mike and Mike. <laughs> Mike Bozich here along with Mike Carter for Pacing for the Cure. Do you or someone you love with multiple sclerosis have a difficult time paying for your MS medications or need medical equipment such as a wheelchair or scooter? Pacing for the Cure can help. Please visit the pacingforthecure.org website and complete the mobility aid application. If eligible, you may receive funding. Again, that's pacingforthecure.org. Mike? Are you a harness racing trainer, driver, or owner? Please join the list of those who pledged in 2017 for the $1 per win challenge. The 2018 challenge has begun and wins tally from January 1st through October 31st. If you are interested in joining the challenge, please email jeff at pacingforthecure.org. Thank you, drivers, trainers, and owners. Once again, that's pacingforthecure.org. At BetAmerica, we don't do promotions only for new players. As a regular player at BetAmerica.com, you can take advantage of several promotions each week. Go to BetAmerica.com slash extra and visit our promotions calendar and find out how you can get double wager reward points on our featured tracks. It's just another reason why it's time to play the BetAmerica way. Embroidery Unlimited is a premier provider of quality embroidery, screen printing, and promotional products. Our commitment to quality and pride in our work is second to none. We focus on quality and customer service. For all of your stable or business needs, Embroidery Unlimited is the number one provider in harness racing. Give Jim Winsky a call at 508-485-5522. That's 508-485-5522. Or visit them on the internet at EmbroideryUNL.com. That's EmbroideryUNL.com. Embroidery Unlimited. Over the past 25 years, Hoosier Park has revolutionized harness racing across the nation. The action returns Friday, March 30th, with racing every Tuesday through Saturday, starting at 6.30 p.m. Join the revolution. 
Nation at Hoosier Park Racing and Casino. Visit HoosierPark.com for more information. Back on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Bozich, along with Mike Carter, Janine Gassick from Pacing for the Karen, is going to be joining us here in just a few minutes. They've got a real big event coming up at the Meadowlands, and we're going to hear more about it in just a few minutes. But first, it's our inside handicapping segment with our good friend, one of the finest handicappers I know, Matt Rose. Matt, welcome to the program, sir. Uh, thank you so much for having me. Good to be back. All right, buddy. Well, let's get uh, let's get the ball rolling with one of the most popular topics, I think, in the sport of harness racing, and it's been since uh, the new GM at Yonkers, uh, Cami Houghton, uh, broke this on our show about the passing lane and its demise at Yonkers Raceway, so to speak. Uh, and now we're into this a little bit, into this for a couple of months. Tell us, uh, give us your take. How's it been working out so far? It looks like the handle numbers have uh, shown that uh, at least fans' favorite or the removal of it. Well, and when I first heard that the Cammy Howden was uh, coming coming on as a director, new director of racing, uh, I, I knew I knew that I knew whatever he instituted, the handle would spike back up because he was always big into uh, scheduling the post times and coordinating with other tracks. Uh, when he was previously there as a presiding judge, uh, the whole passing lane thing caught me by surprise. I know that the last over the last year or so, you've been hearing people talking about it and wanting to get rid of it. I was just surprised how quickly it was announced that Yonkers was going to do it and how it actually got done. Uh, because I know sometimes it takes time for uh, uh, for these changes to take effect. But uh, I, I, listen, I knew that I knew the dynamic of the racing would change. I didn't think it would change as dramatically as it has. Uh, it's certainly, uh, and people are taking notice. Uh, that's why, uh, there, there's, there, there's been sort of a, a buzz throughout the industry where people that, that never paid attention to Yonkers or ignored it, uh, are, 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 whether they want to admit it or not, they're, they're checking out, they're checking out the product and it's reflected in those handle numbers. That's for sure. But, uh, from a handicapping standpoint, uh, listen, it, it, it changes the dynamic of everything. I mean, you, it's, it's still half mile racing and you're still going to have races where the two logical horses maybe line up and are able to raid on the front end. And it's going to be traditional type races like that. But there's, there's been a heck of a lot more action horses moving three wide. You'd go, you'd go entire race cards where without a horse moving three wide down the backstretch. Now you see it uh, practically uh, every race, which, which makes for a much more exciting product. And uh, <laughs> certainly a little more difficult uh, handicapping until people get used to it, but it, it's certainly a lot more interesting now. That's for sure. One thing about it, Matt, uh, is the – I saw part of the story, uh, I think it was released yesterday, is that the po- the amount of post-time favorites that are winning at Yonkers has dropped about 5%. I mean, that's an absolutely astronomical number uh, if you if you think from January 1st to now when the passing lane was removed, just how much of a uh, – how much of a difference that that removal has, uh, has made. Uh, I mean – Absolutely. It used to have uh, horses that drew inside, logical horses that drew inside, like drew the rail. They, they were like automatic three to five shots in, in the wagering. And you figure because they're guaranteed to be sitting on the, you know, sitting in the pockets uh, or have plenty of clearance whenever they need it. 
now you see these horses, they're still bet heavily, uh, and they have to either, A, race more aggressively if they don't get jammed in or, or come first over, and it's, it's, it's setting up closers and it's setting up prices. Uh, I can think of a couple examples just, just from this, the past race caught on Tuesday night where there was like a three to five shot uh, from the rail, and he got completely tortured uh, trying to establish position, ended up getting hung. And it's set up for like a wild race with, with, with long shot closers. Uh, it's happening more and more often. And I guess the betters uh, are, are slow to adjust, I guess you could say. Visiting with Matt Rose, it's our inside handicapping segment brought to you by our good friends at MidwestHarnessReport.com. Make sure you visit them online, MidwestHarnessReport.com. Great, great publication. Matt, let's talk about... Uh, let's get back more into the, the fundamentals. Obviously, as wacky and as wild as the racing could be at Yonkers sometimes without the passing lane, obviously you still have to adhere by the basic fundamentals of handicapping in a lot of different ways, as you would, I guess, uh, each and every racetrack that you choose to handicap. But what are some of the things that one Matt Rose looks at when he first opens up a program page to handicap? <laughs> well, obviously, uh, uh, it's it, not to grab it and you match you there buddy like a... well we okay, lost Matt Rose uh, so we lost Matt try to give us a call. You, you know what I'll tell you what we 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 were talking about basic fundamentals of handicapping, and you know that's what he short circuited. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to give him a we'll have to give him a crap about that. But Mike, uh, real quick before he comes back, uh, obviously we'll talk to him a little bit about the Levy when he comes back. But Mike, we've got a uh, pretty big, pretty sharp announcement uh, to, to talk about the Levy. Uh, we had the um, March Madness Harness Racing Tournament featuring the Levy last year. And uh, we're gonna we're pleased to announce that we're gonna do it again this year, thanks to the uh, support of the state of red owners of New York. Uh, it's gonna be bigger and better than last year, that's for sure. Yeah, it certainly is. That's uh, gonna be a big, big thing. And of course, we'll talk about that uh, well in a few more minutes. But uh, we got to bring Matt Rose back on. Matt, uh, we we got All a better right. connection from you, my friend. I'm I'm here. I'm here. All right. Well, I, listen. I t- I told Carter we asked you about the fundamentals of handicap, and that's when it, you started to short circuit there for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, buddy. I, so give, I got give, so give nervous about giving away my secrets. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you know, we do have that voice changer thing, so we can say we're talking to somebody else and you know you change your voice and talk about it if you want uh anyway what i started to say was uh it's still it's still half mile track it's still half mile racing and, and by nature uh myself and i'm sure most other people gravitate towards the the inside horses first uh, when when you know, when when starting a handicapper race um the only difference is, uh, you said, uh, uh, horses that are now f- uh, going to be first. Oh, horses that you figured to trip handicap to be to, to sit a rail and try to get a piece, are, are they're, they're pulling now. They're moving. They're coming off the rail. They're coming first over. They're, they're pulling before the half. And these are horses that you expected maybe to, to sit rail trips. Now you don't want to sit a rail trip. Uh, don't forget that they shortened the stretch also about the middle of last, I want to say in June or July of last year, they, they move the finish line up over 100 feet. So you, you put those two factors in play, and the, 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 the entire racing product has changed. And it benefits and rewards horses getting out early and moving rather than horses sitting around. The horses that sit around now, they're, they're not, some of them aren't even getting any clearance uh, whatsoever. 
Now, Matt, uh, obviously the George Morton Levy series is coming up, uh, coming up soon. And, you know, handicapping this thing doesn't seem to get any easier either. It it seems like a chalk fest, at least towards the end, or, or you catch a couple of bombs. Uh, We've seen a few, uh, we've seen a a few bombs come through. Uh, We just talked a little bit about the uh, March Madness uh, contest that we're getting ready to have. uh, Thanks to the standard bread owners of New York. Uh, But, the, this series is probably one of my favorite, at least to kick off the stake season. Oh, it's always been one of my favorites for years because I, I, I've always I've always enjoyed the partial to the to the aged uh, horses, particularly Pacers. Uh, and what we've seen in prior years is sometimes in these fifty thousand dollar preliminary legs, shorter fields, six or seven horse fields, not a heck of a lot of movements. Uh, and some short prices. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see what the, the Levy and the matchmaker bring this year uh, with the new track configuration. And also, especially in the Levy, there, there really aren't any uh, standout horses or, or that, that have been uh, – I mean, obviously we have the, the Keystone Velocity uh, returning. Someone in L.A. is returning. Uh, we saw some race last Saturday. We've seen races racing again this Saturday. Uh, but the, there's no real standouts. And you know what? With the track configuration now, uh, I'm actually excited to see how the Levy, especially the preliminary legs, is going to benefit. Because it used to be uh, they line up easily, they go a soft they go a soft half, and they're able to sprint home. That may not be the case now because uh, you, you, have to, you have to move more. You basically, you have to move more because if you want to win or else uh, – you risk getting trapped. So uh, I think that the Levy and the matchmaker uh, may be the two series that are going to benefit the most from this new tr- track configuration. And I'm, I'm, I'm definitely, I'm definitely eagerly anticipating the, the start of both of them. Well, Matt, uh, let's, let, let's kind of change gears uh, real quick. And Mike, uh, I know we were going to talk about this uh, a little bit, but I, you know, it's good to have another handicapper or better here with us to kind of talk about this, Matt. We, we saw the story break yesterday of a gambler in Illinois um, talking about suing <laughs> yeah. uh, one of the trainers from, uh, from the Meadowlands. And, and this brings, this raises kind of an interesting point. Uh, I, I've seen arguments both ways, um, and, uh, you know, I, I'm one of those that, uh, I feel like in this type of situation, you have no idea if the race would have been, you know, come a different way, would it have been affected? You, you don't know if the outcome would have changed, but then I, I read in some places where people, uh, were said, you know, that the word fraud could technically be used in this situation. Uh, what say you about the topic? Uh, it's funny. I was just going to, I was just going to mention, first thing I was going to mention was what you just said was. Uh, just because uh, you finished the second, third, fourth, and fifth uh, after the the winner uh, uh, posted positive, so to speak, doesn't necessarily mean that they, that the race would have shaped up the same way if that horse wasn't in the race. Or uh, it, it's, I, I guess I applaud somebody for actually pursuing this legally, but uh, I don't see how I don't see how it can how you can prove anything, how it can hold up, and. Listen, I, 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 along with I'm sure everybody else out there, has been victimized at some point or another where you lose a race, and then you, you see a month later the horse was DQ'd. You know, uh, you, you look at the past performance line, wait a minute, this horse won and says DQ'd place eighth uh, for, for failing a post-race test. Uh, how, first of all, how, you, how can, what precedent can be set? Where you, how, how are you going to reimburse uh, all of the betters? Uh, I, I mean, I know it's, I, I, I know it's not fair but I don't see any way, any way that this can be resolved where, where 
the 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 or the betters can you know have some sort of official say here. Uh, I, I'll admit, admittedly, I don't follow thoroughbred racing that much, but I know that the, the winning jockey always comes back and stands on a scale, I guess, holding his equipment, and I guess you have to be the proper weight. Has there ever been an instance where a horse was disqualified because the, the jockey was overweight or wasn't the listed weight? Uh, you know, what do they do there? It's the same type of, type of scenario. How do you reimburse the, the, you know, the $2 better that threw away his tickets? How, 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 I, don't, I don't see any way that can possibly happen. Uh, however, it is interesting that the, somebody, uh, somebody's actually taking a shot with this and, and pursuing it legally. But um, what kind of precedent gets set? I don't know. You, you know, guys, let's look at it this way. Let's take it from another point of view. Let's uh, let's back up from horse racing for a second, and let's talk about baseball. I mean, what happens if one of the home runs that Barry Bonds hit knocked you out of a point spread or knocked you out of an over and under? Obviously, Barry Bonds was using performance enhancers or somebody like that. What what do you do? Do you have recourse there if you're a gambler? Look at what happens in football with certain performance enhancers. Look at what happens in the NCAA when years and years after some of these championship games go by where it's the, the results actually been reversed because of some kind of violations that the school has committed. So what happens in those situations? I got to tell you, I think there are going to be some anxious legal eyes watching what becomes of this because this could really open up a can of worms not only in racing but i think this could snowball into a, a real big thing i i agree i agree and that's why it's a very very sticky situation here because i i mean what yeah what happens if if the you know if the courts rule that uh, okay this they rule in the gambler's favor Okay, you're entitled to to a payout of such and such money. Who's making that payout? Uh, the track is making the payout. The, the trainer or the owner of the horse that got that got go. disqualified. Where, where's the money coming? And then and then those people, those those entities will will fight and it'll get dragged out for years and years and years. I, I gotta believe this guy bringing up his lawsuit doesn't expect anything. He just wants almost like he wants to make a point. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I have to assume like in baseball or, or college basketball or something like that where there's got to be some, something written in where, hey, listen, it sucks, but what's done is done. You know, we can't go back in time and, and, and say, well, you would have won this game if, if a, if a uh, juiced-up player didn't hit that home run. Uh, I mean, I can, see, I can see it leading to rule changes down the road, but I don't see how you can – I don't see how you can you can modify anything that's you know in the, that that's happened in the past already. Yeah, that's a tough situation. Well, Matt, listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us, buddy, and uh, we'll uh, we could expect your presence uh, throughout the Levy series at a here and there. <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, looking forward to it. next Friday. Uh, I believe next Friday is a matchmaker. Next Saturday is a Levy. It goes on for five weeks with the final. Uh, you can you can read my analysis, uh, at least my Levy analysis, uh, on the DRF website, DRF uh, Harness, uh, every Saturday night. My expert analysis, you know, I got shut out last week, but uh, <laughs> we won't remind people. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm I'm interested to see. Uh, I mean, it's it's always the most eagerly anticipated series of the year for me, and uh, it should be even more interesting now the way the track is uh. playing. All right. Thank you, Matt. We appreciate it. We'll be checking back in with you throughout the series. 
Sounds good. Thanks a lot, guys. All right, that was a good buddy, Matt Rose from Yonkers Raceway. And uh, yeah, I'll tell you what, we talked about that, Mike. Uh, you know, if if it was indeed the mission of the gambler to make a statement and to kind of you know put this out there with really little hopes of winning, which I don't really think he's got too much of a chance. But I'll tell you what, if his point was to make a statement, if his point was to get it out there and and basically say, hey, there needs to be some safeguards you know, put in place for the gamblers. I think he's kind of making his point. Yeah, I think so. And like I said before, I mean, there's no way to know if, I mean, you know, let's just, I mean, let's just be honest. There's no way to know how the race would have turned out had the uh, horse not been on performance enhancing drugs, but to raise Matt's point of who's going to pay for it. I mean, if they sue the trainer or owner, I mean, this could wind up costing owners and trainers money, especially if a judge uh, sets a precedent going one way or the other. Yeah, certainly can. Still left, uh, still lots left to come on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. We're going to talk more about our Levy contest coming up in just a few minutes. But first, it's time to catch up with our good friend Janine Gessick from Pacing for the Cure. They have got a great, great outing coming up at the Meadowlands, one that hopefully everybody uh, here within uh, Earshot can attend. Without further ado, to find out more about it, let's hear from Janine. Mike. March is National MS Awareness Month, and Jeff and I, along with our Pacing for the Cure, Pacing Ambassador, Mr. Bill G, honor those living with multiple sclerosis. If you haven't heard, there is a very special Pacing for the Cure event coming up on Saturday, March 24th at the Meadowlands Racetrack. Mr. Bill G turns four, and he's inviting the local community to come out for a night at the races to show his support and help us raise awareness about multiple sclerosis. This event begins at 6 p.m. and will include a birthday party theme with birthday cake, 50-50 raffle, Pacing for the Cure merchandise for purchase, and the William J. Gessick Memorial Pacing for the Cure race. Jeff's dad, William, passed from this life last October, and his courage and positive outlook inspired Jeff and I to start Pacing for the Cure. MS left him wheelchair-bound and with many complications, especially during his last few years of life. However, those challenges did not leave him hopeless or discouraged. When the pacing ambassador, Mr. Bill G., came into our life, we knew that there would be a special human-horse connection that would last forever. While Jeff's dad was on hospice, we kept him informed and saw his facial expression acknowledging his awareness that Mr. Bill G. qualified to start racing last September 27th. William passed away the next week on October 4th before Mr. Bill G.'s first race and passed the torch to the pacing ambassador. Mr. Bill G. is currently racing in Dover and keeping William's fighting spirit alive and helping us keep the spotlight on this debilitating disease of the central nervous system. So Jeff and I continue to educate the communities we visit, and people are really trying to understand this complex disease. As a reminder, multiple sclerosis is one of many autoimmune disorders like rheumatoid arthritis and lupus, in which the immune system mistakenly attacks a person's healthy tissue as opposed to performing its normal role of attacking foreign invaders like viruses and bacteria. 
For some reason, during these periods of immune system activity, most of the myelin within the affected area is damaged or destroyed. The symptoms of MS then depend on the severity of the immune reaction, as well as the location and extent of the plaque, which primarily appear in the brainstem, cerebellum, spinal cord, optic nerves in the eye, and the white matter of the brain around the fluid field spaces inside the brain. So the term multiple sclerosis refers to the distinctive areas of scar tissue called sclerosis or plaques that are visible in the white matter of people who have MS. Plaques can be as small as a pinhead or as large as the size of a golf ball. Doctors can see these areas by examining the brain and spinal cord using a type of brain scan called magnetic resonance imaging or otherwise known as MRI. While MS sometimes causes severe disability, it is rarely fatal. However, the complications, um, it leads to complications that are. Jeff and I consider it a tremendous privilege and a lifelong mission to create a community of support for those living with MS by raising awareness about the disease at harness racetracks throughout the year. We hear stories from individuals living with MS and their families or friends, and we share in the common understanding of how this disease affects daily living. Please come out to our Pacing for the Cure event at the Meadowlands on March 24th and show your support for those living with MS. We also need help and support of individual and corporate donors to raise funds to purchase medical equipment and provide medical services for those in financial need. Since there is no cure for MS, we also need your help to raise money for cutting-edge MS research. It's not too late to offer a sponsorship for this event. Please email sponsors at pacingforthecure.org if you are interested. Also, if you haven't decided where to apply your charitable donations for 2018, please consider making a donation to Pacing for the Cure. You can visit us at pacingforthecure.org forward slash donations. As an all-volunteer organization, your donations really do go directly to the bottom line and help those who really need it. Thank you for your time and support. Attention all breeding funds. Did you know Pacing for the Cure has a stud fee for scooter program? Your stud fee donations will help those living with MS with severe mobility limitations obtain a scooter and be able to continue to enjoy their love of harness racing. Contact Jeff at pacingforthecure.org if you'd like to make a donation. Mike? In case you haven't noticed, Mr. Bill G. has begun pacing for the cure for multiple sclerosis. Join in on the fun and weekly contest on Facebook to guess where he will place in each race. Like and share our page. Great prizes available for the lucky winners. Better yet, come out to the racetrack and watch him race live. Let's start a Mr. Bill G. fan club and start blogging on the journey page of the pacingforthecure.org website. Once again, that's pacingforthecure.org. New Vocations Resource Adoption Program. Retrain, rehab, rehome. New Vocations focuses on adoption as the optimal solution for the large numbers of horses that leave the track each year. The program provides rehabilitation and transitional training to prepare the horses for a productive life beyond racing. Each horse is evaluated for temperament, 
soundness and suitability to help ensure a successful adoptive match. New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program, celebrating 25 years and over 6,000 horses placed. Learn more at newvocations.org. Excitement. Keystone Velocity in 147-3. That's a new track record. Competitive racing and full fields equal big payoffs. Six roses at 35 to 1. Bang! Soon go the fireworks. Ever want to sit behind an actual racehorse? Check out the I Want to Be a Driver event coming up on Sunday, March 25th at Rosecroft. For more information, call Gina Maybe at 240-766-7869. Rosecroft Raceway. We race. Are you interested in learning more about owning standard bred racehorses? Do you want to experience the excitement of driving a standard bred? Owning a racehorse is a -a once-in-a-lifetime experience and not as difficult as you may think. The United States Trotting Association wants to help make your ownership dreams a reality. Contact a member of the Ownership Concierge team by email at owners at ustrotting.com or by calling 877-800-8782, extension 5555. All right, we're back on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Bozich, along with Mike Carter and Mike, the uh, bracket buster tournament that we had last year for the George Morton Levy Series, the 32 man single elimination tournament, I believe had a grand prize of $100. And uh, did we have winner take all, or was it one, two? I can't remember. No, it was winner take all, but we split because they tied, remember? That's right. That's right. So this year, it's going to be bigger and better than ever. 32 teams up to 64, Mike Carter. So it's going to be just like March Madness. Yeah, it's going to be like March Madness. And I tell you what, it's uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, it's going to take it's going to be some work for you. Listen, I got some work for you. No, I'm just totally kidding, by the way. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it's going to be a lot of fun, Mike. Uh, you know, we did 32 last year. We're excited. We got started a week late. That's why we did 32 last year. Uh, so uh, we're going to kick this thing in and do 64 uh, this, excuse me, this year. Uh, the pod open excuse me the the box opens tomorrow at noon uh there is i believe mike if i'm remembering it correctly a 250 and dollar top prize uh so uh, that, that's correct it, it's gonna be uh it's gonna be fun it's gonna be a big it's gonna be fun and uh, i'll tell you what i can't wait to uh you know see who gets in and kind of see how this plays out it's big it's fun and it's free it's yes, free we gotta remember free. that no there's no necessary Absolutely. No purchase necessary. The box opens tomorrow at noon. All you have to do is send us an email. Not now, because it won't be looked at or accepted, (laughs) but after tomorrow at noon, send us an email at Mike at posttimewithmikeandmike.com. Obviously, we'll send reminders out on our Twitter page and Facebook page, so if you haven't followed us on there, do so. And there'll be uh, uh, stuff on our website as well, posttimewithmikeandmike.com. All you have to do, just send us an email and say, I'm in for the Levy, and you will be in the 64-man tournament. And basically, it's pretty awesome. It's you against a handicapper and, or another handicapper, you against somebody else, and 
It's a point series based on the Levy races for that night. And if you score more points than the person you're facing, you move Bam. on to the 32. You move on to the next round. Simple as that. Simple. That's it. That's it. Very, very simple. So once again, uh, that's tomorrow at noon. That's when the box opens. I know we're going to get about 20 emails before that, but guys, listen, tomorrow <laughs> you can, at the noon. Old, the only way, listen, the only way to sign up is via our website, posttimewithmikeandmike.com, and that, that, site, that part of the website is not even livened yet. So don't even, yeah, don't, don't, if you send us an email, uh, it's going to get deleted. I'm just going to let everybody know right now, you've got to sign up via the sign-up page, which has not been livened yet on our website. So just make sure that you uh, take some time out. I probably wouldn't, uh, we probably wouldn't, uh, del- we probably won't delete anybody's <laughs> email, but we, we, what we want people to do is sign up through our website and, uh, you know, push time with mikeandmike.com. That's right. And uh, one final thing before we let everybody go and before you uh, wrap this bad boy up and put it to bed, Mike Carter, our newsletter is uh, going to be out uh, probably around 5 o'clock or so tonight, and it is going to look back at the life and times of Sam McKee, and uh, it's going to be a great newsletter. You don't want to miss it. Uh, once again, you could uh, log on to our website, posttimewithmikeandmike.com for that. The newsletter, boy, that's picked up a lot of steam. We're only I think it's our seventh issue, Mike. And, yeah, it's our uh, seventh it's issue at uh... – Yep, so make sure you join the mailing list, Mike, at posttimewithmikeandmike.com, and we'll get that thing right to your front door. Definitely, and uh, listen, with post-time drag, that means it'll be out by like 8 o'clock, so uh, just... (laughs) (laughs) No, I think this is wet. I got a good feeling about it. I got a good feeling about this one. But nonetheless, it gets out. We haven't missed a Thursday yet. We haven't missed a Thursday yet. We haven't missed a Thursday, but the big thing, Mike, is listen. We were we were fight. For those of you who don't know, we use our computers uh, to do this to do this thing. We were fighting with our computers, fight with it. Finally, I threw mine down the stairs last week to get uh, to get it uh, you know to where I needed to. And we I, I invested in a new computer, so things seem to be rolling. You know, things seem to be rolling along a lot better this week. So so we should have it out uh, pretty soon. I would hope. Let me tell you what, the next Facebook Live that Post Time with Mike and Mike does is going to be me with a sledgehammer and this computer, so you're not going to want to miss it. <laughs> Don't tell Francine that. She might kill you. <laughs> All right. Wrap this right, thing guys. up, buddy. Let's, get, let's go home. Well, listen, uh, real, real quick, too, Mike, uh, to, to all the women in harness racing, it's International Women's Day, Mike, uh, so make sure you check out uh, the couple of uh, women's shows that we've had. We've had a couple of all-women shows, and uh, we are especially – uh, proud of those here on International Women's Day. Well, listen, it's been a it's been a lot of fun. We've had, we've had some fun with Chris Page, and uh, for Mike Bozich, I'm uh, Barney Mike Carter, and uh, we'll see you back. <laughs> we'll here. have to find out about that soon. What's going on there? <laughs> we'll see everybody back here next Thursday. First post is 10:30. Good night, everybody. Yeah.